0: Uh, uh, we uh, got a meeting, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and first woman in all in and stay I've been this proud and God bless you. I love you all. You. <laughs> you be with me, because we usually want that I can be so, Let's ask God a question, please. Heavenly Father, we're gathered here together to help each other. We know that without thy help, we see of no use. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted on thy sight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm an alcoholic, and I know I always will be, but it doesn't have to worry or disturb me. Uh, as long as I don't take that first drink, I'll be all right. While well, I'm keeping taking that first drink. there's a few things that I ought to do. One of them is what I'm doing now, which I've always hated to do. I can't make notes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's so many uh, good talkers and good teachers with wonderful wonderful vocabulary. And none of you have. But you'll know what I do say to you. I mean, it from the bottom of my heart. And I think that's pretty important to you. Doesn't you hear me back that? Okay. You can me a piece of it. And I said I talked long and loud. Uh, I uh, uh, was the oldest of a family of seven very poor family I had none of the advantages that young folks look forward to having and do appreciate having because we were, we were poor and what we did have my father drank heavily I think he's an alcoholic we don't say that because uh, we don't uh, we can't say for the other person but I know I was surprised a great deal through his drinking and I hated booze And I certainly never thought I'd drink any, but that's something else we don't know. So when I was 16, I was invited to come and live with a man in Indiana. And uh, I went out there, and she told me right from the start, she had a nice home, and I could have the advantages that I hadn't had before. But she told me that I could have company, I could date, that they were too up there in town, it's a didn't want me today, just because they drank too much. And she went on to explain to me that this, Macy, came from one of the best families there, and uh, uh, his, his sister played the cyborg and his church. but he doesn't that company and drank too much. Well, you know, I married that guy just four months later. And, uh, I don't said possibly uh, uh, the forbidden truth because I went for him in a big way and he did for me. And I didn't question his Uh We used to uh, uh, date uh, and go in a horse and buggy. And uh, uh, I remember one incident in particular that should have had not been for my curiosity in the end of our courtship. He took me to Connorsville, a little town on the other side of Liberty, to a show. And he kept going out, and not only at intermission, I was getting loaded. And although I was raised on a farm, well, I didn't know about driving horses. He'd write a book about. And so I started to drive that darn horse home, and he was drunk. And uh, I, uh, you know, in Indiana, they the had, I guess, they still had some covered bridges. Anyhow, I run a horse side of the bridge, and uh, I thought, if I ever get home with this guy, well, I'll never look at him again. So, uh, uh, the next morning, I went down the street, all of a sudden, we got from here to town, he discovered he lost his hat, was determined that I'd go back and hunt that hat, and you can imagine how I told him. Well, anyhow, uh, the next morning, I went down the street for my aunt, and I met him, on I sure wasn't going to speak to him, but he had the hat on. And I couldn't resist temptation. <laughs> I don't need temptation. I mean curiosity. So I stopped and I asked him where he got the hat some kid had rode him on a bicycle and found it and took a delivery barn. And that's how he got the hat. So, uh, our our like wasn't up after all, but he continued to drink. And, uh, he continued to drink after we were married. His people, I know, definitely felt that he married. Girl from the wrong side of the track. Uh, they were quite his disrespect especially socially inclined. And he was in business with his father, it was making and son, uh, real estate in the Republic, and uh, they used to say there goes poor old John, he was in the Civil War and I his father, and he'd be going down street and he would hear people say there goes poor old John hunting around And, uh, but we have two children, and, uh, but, uh, it got worse and worse and he was to tell you, he was drinking. And I finally left and came back to his where I was born and raised. And, uh, I didn't know where he was. I was there a year and went to back to work. I worked before I was working in the woolen mills over there. And I got a job back there and, uh, uh, I didn't hear from him for a year. Uh, during that year, I uh, uh, went to see my attorney about a divorce, but I couldn't do it. And uh, at the end of the year, he wrote a car uh, to the children, and uh, said that uh, he, he didn't... Uh, I, I did have a warn for him for divorce, uh, and uh, he said he was leaving where that was uh, sent from. But uh, on that card, I shall never forget it. He said, tell Mommy I still love it. I think I still have the card. He came back and uh, uh, he promised me that he wouldn't drink anymore. And I don't know why I could have believed him, because he promised me that thousands of times. But I, I certainly did believe him. And we went, I was to the scene, we went back together went to housekeeping in San, and he went to work for the telephone company there. And before quite some time I I when um, he was a little bit late, I was sure that he was on another drug. But I finally uh got so I fully thought he was cured. I didn't know anything about such a thing as alcoholism, of course. And uh uh I trusted him explicitly. Uh, we moved to the Barberton when the old 40s were still here, and uh, he went to work for the old 40s rubber, the story car when he took over. And, uh, uh, as I said, I never thought of him drinking again. Uh, we didn't have much of material things, he didn't make much when he was working for the cell company, but we had a great deal of happiness. Uh, the children were baptized in the Methodist Church in Kent, and I was too. I've never been baptized. And i uh, done quite a bit of church work, got interested in the church there, and uh, done quite a bit of church work. We came and moved over here uh, uh, to Barberton, and uh, uh, one night, uh, I, as I said, I had, was fully convinced that he was cured, that he wouldn't drink again. And, and one night, uh, he went off to a prize fight. In the meantime, the oldest daughter had married, and they were living at home. And my son-in-law, and uh, he went to this prize fight. I had no fears of his drinking, but they were pretty coming home. And uh, when I saw what time it was, uh, I was a little, I got up and I heard my son-in-law, and I said, where is Dad? And he said, he certainly had a peculiar look on his face, and he said, he's coming. Well, he was on his hands and me. And he was hiring a kite. And, uh, uh, at that time, uh, I was terribly broken up about it. But, uh, I told him uh, that uh, if that was the way he wanted it, that, that I would never be separated from him until death, uh, part of it. And if that's the way he wanted it, that's the way he have it. That, uh, where he went, I'd go, and what he drank, I'd drink. It didn't turn out to be that way at all because I have a capacity about six times what he had. And uh, he passed out all the time. It made me furious. And I would leave him, in fact, I would leave him in front of him on the spots where his boss couldn't help it being propped up in the front seat while I went back in and drank. And uh, at home, uh, he always was passing out on me. And uh, but we never we, we were never quarrelsome about our drinking. For about five years, I sort uh, uh, started out in this way. Fifteen years of drinking, and the first five years were uh, pleasant social drinking. Uh, we made uh, prohibition <coughs> wine. We made gallons and gallons of homebrew. We never filled a bottle. That we thought we did because we really had games there. You know how I love it was. Yes have drinks, why he always said something. Uh, Dr. Bob uh, said many times that that 13 years of his sobriety was really a record as far as he was concerned for sobriety without any help to a true alcoholic, and, and Dr. Bob said there wasn't a question in his mind about whether he was a true alcoholic. It got worse and worse. Uh, we had a lovely home up here on Otterbein, and uh, uh, we drank more and more, and he took chances all the time on losing his job, and uh, uh, we, uh, I think it was about after five years of drinking, that I was conscious about that, so I had to, I couldn't get on without that. It was terribly disturbing, and not only disturbing, but uh, I was remorseful, I was ashamed. Uh, I was—I uh, thought I must be losing my mind that I couldn't leave it alone when I wanted to, but I couldn't. We lost this home up here, over nothing in the world but drinking, and we moved out where I live uh, now. And then, uh, that that was terrific. Uh, it's a strange thing, as much as I drank. I uh, was driven home many times, and if any of you know, that dude up here, there's a retaining wall in the back, and the alley that went in the back of the garage. And uh, somebody drive me home. i would the awful drunk. And they couldn't get the car in the drive. They'd be all back and forth, and I and my drunken stupidity would tell them, like, get over it, let me put the car in the drive," And I could do it. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we moved out here in the country, and the day we moved out, we got the movers drunk, and uh, they knocked big chunks out of the refrigerator, and I couldn't go on to the company because Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, I was thinking the other day, uh, uh, you think after all these years you forget things, but things come back to you, you know. And uh, uh, I was thinking about how <laughs> it was funny but uh, the couple we bought the place of uh, came out on Sunday evening, and we had moved on Saturday. And the children were out and helped us move at first, both of them, then we were gone from home. And uh, we just had an awful of glorious time and, uh, but oh, I was sick. And Raskely, usual usual, passed out in the, in the living room on the floor. And this couple came in to see me. And I always had all the ailments, you know. I had, you could have had if by the first, like I can now. Or, uh, I had gallstones. That was one of my favorites. But anyhow, I told them that I thought I was getting pneumonia. That I was sure I was. I couldn't, uh, talked very well and I'm sure I had a sense to They told me afterwards, they got outside and looked at each other and, and, and they they said, I don't believe she got the I believe she is drunk, really. <laughs> and I walked. <laughs> but uh, uh, I felt uh, freer to drink out there and up here on the hill. I had lovely neighbors and some of them are still my close friends. They always said if I hurt anyone, it was myself, that I was a good wife and mother and a good neighbor and friend. But I felt freer out there. I thought, well, the worst would come and I, I would take Nathan work over cyber and I'd done all the driving and I'd go, uh, and get four or five double headers and, and I'd be off for the races again. One of the things that I did that I fully appreciated, uh, it used to make me so darn mad I'd bring beer home and I'd want so sure that nobody would hear or see that I had it. Right in the middle of the backyard and the bottom would fall out of, that <laughs> <quite> <laughs> off of the back and awful from the backyard. <laughs> one of these lovely neighbors though uh, that I still have after living like that all the time were deeply concerned for it. And she left me strictly alone with <laughs> my And when I uh would get off the one she never, never treated this and she uh, doesn't treat me just lovely. And to this day, they're so interested in AA, and interested in my welfare, and uh, it's just wonderful uh, neighbors. But, uh, uh, oh, it, uh, it got worse and worse, our vacations, I have to tell you a little about that, for uh, the first two weeks in September. And, and uh, you know, I pity the people that have read this in the book and heard it over and over, but uh, if you want to leave or go to sleep, it's okay by me. They might be somebody here that has heard it. And I promised Tommy, sure, that I'd give tonight so he could get it on a tape. So you're suffering for us, the promise I made to him. But anyhow, these <coughs> United uh, got worse and worse. We used to have good times of them. We always drank. But we'd start on uh, the Saturday before Labor Day. And uh, that's the only time I got in jail. Uh, Eleven farmers, uh, two years after we were in AA, and I said to my husband, dad, I think we're tell about getting in jail tonight. He said, go ahead, I won't lose my job after all this time.
1: And had, uh,
0: and so I told that audience, uh, uh, I said, I'm going to tell you something. And uh, some of the lives were awfully close, and I just invited him. that uh, they thought, he said, oh, what's the chief officer they going to tell us? She hadn't already told us." And then they were immune because I made such an awful thing of it because I picked up and picked up for drunken <laughs> driving. And uh, some of them come to me and say, you oh, realize there's probably hardly anyone here that one time or another has, well, for drunken driving. But uh, I'm at Bill <laughs> And uh, I wasn't as drunk as so I was lots of times to the driving, but they said they played up with a- me between this little house, motorcycle cop, and he drove up to the side of him and told me to get over I, I didn't know what for But anyhow, another one took route to him, and I got over, and they took us to jail. And uh, uh, I never was in jail before, and I didn't know just exactly what the process was. But, uh, they brought me a, a bottle of coffee and a sandwich and and uh, I told my husband Alfred I didn't want there to be jail drug, He said, What do you mean jail drug? He said, They uh, uh didn't bring me anything and then we <laughs> find out somebody is felt sorry and gone off and got us and rubber. And it was Sunday night and they called the mayor in and uh, had it before him and to uh, me a hundred and thirteen dollars and us To get out of town. And not only did they tell us to get out of town, but they escorted us. <laughs> and uh, uh, I always think it's funny they didn't really throw me back in because I could really have dignity and be sarcastic when I was drunk. And I got on my high horse and with real dignity told them as they escorted us over to the bridge to win the wheel. I hope sometime if their life, reducing an action, I could extend to them the same house. <laughs> and <then. laughs> extend to me. <clears throat> <clears throat> and why I start to about it? Did you wonder they didn't throw me right back in? We went over in Sweden and we put up at a motel and stayed drunk for a week. And even the bartenders were anxious about it. Come out with blurring headlines, first woman drunk driver that they picked up in Bel Air my name. And uh, uh, we... To go to these bars over it. We would laugh about it, see it in the paper, you know, laying on the box. And they say to me, you gotta get out of here. They'll pick you up again. They'll really laugh you. But, uh, when the Money was gone while we had headed for home. Like poor dogs just hang their tail behind them because we knew that if going heard that or found a dog, that he'd be fired. We went up to my dogs and, uh, 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 pretty sheepishly get it around, but no one had heard it, thank you. Well, that was that, was that day. Uh, the next day, Jason, I broke this arm, uh, and my husband didn't drive, and uh, that was just down West Virginia. I drove into Washington down Pennsylvania Avenue with my arm in a cast, and high in a seventeen site and you know what traffic is uh, in Washington, and uh, stayed there at that for about a week and uh from home well the next vacation we decided we'd really be sensible and stay home and take that off so on Saturday I got drunk and set the house on fire and we didn't that was the last one before we found AA my husband saw on a uh, paper uh, uh where Raul Hemsley had found something that he saw on the wagon and he read it and kinda laughed thinking about it. But we were both thinking, I was thinking at the time, and he was thinking, that maybe some way that could help us, whatever it was. But uh, after he read that sometime, I was in my bar with a terrific hangover I couldn't get the drink to my mouth, I was having dinner so I was chipping it off the bar and you can imagine how ashamed I was. Uh, there's a man standing there watching me. And I'm so ashamed to have him no me like that. And I said to him, uh, And I always, uh, when I was deeply ashamed, instead of acting like I was, why, well, I'd be real cocky. And uh, I said to him, I'll have to join that darn day business if I keep on like this. So he said, Well, sister, I can get you in there. Uh, and he said, <laughs> you have to have a password. And so he said, I'll find out what the password is now. And he said, But if you think you're nuts now, he said, uh, they roll on the floor and (laughs) holler. I said, Well, to myself, that completely turned me away from any thought of ever accepting that help because I thought, Well, I might as well be nuts drunk and nuts sober and uh, and so again, uh well I that I didn't. But it went on and for yes, worse and worse. Uh no, that happened when we were living up here on the hill. And I was thinking about uh, when I was thinking about uh, telling you some of these tonight. Uh, my mother died, and his sister being left alone, she was a very fine typewriter. She went to study with John's house that winter and came out here and studied my passion and studied further with him. And did we have a time, father? Uh, and i tell you this is, uh, it does to show, no matter how hard you try, or how important it is, that you do keep that. Uh, finally, you're going to have to have a drink. And, uh, we knew we were going to have to be awful careful, uh, when we knew she was coming, because she you know, right. was almost like she ever had of sent to drink. So, my sister, my brother and his wife, came in from out of town that morning early, and it was near Christmas, and she was coming for the Christmas first. And, uh, so we all got to drinking and we had bottles under the side of the table. My granddaughter was a little top then. We all got to the table and of course couldn't help it though. We were all drinking. But she gets down to play with the baby and you should have heard the bottles of <laughs> and jiggling around under there. Well, we, uh, another thing I thought of when we went to face the meter, how uh, idiotic you can be. I turned around and looked at the money tower out. It was the best job, because I knew he was a drunk. He could hardly walk. Here he comes with hanging along with a little light hat and I can stand like this. And her carrying too heavy, <laughs> <laughs> And he had this so grin on me. <laughs> well, we surely got her a lot that time, because uh, we tried to hide it. But uh, we couldn't. We had that as a drinking. Well oh, one night we got to drink and I went out and got a fifth we to get down these uh out in the basement and I took it down and we were real quiet about killing it. But that's been the for person. So I took him up to my daughter's and put him to bed and her husband and I went out for some more. And I remember this incident we were at the tap room and I used to drink our run into that where he came out under that bridge when he came out of the side door, the tap room. And that was a finish for us. Uh, this uh old maid sister of his uh she said she heard everything. She heard somebody <clears was throat> going out drinking with their son in law, that was it. And poor uh my poor daughter, she played honeymoon drink with her all night trying to keep her <laughs> interested. But uh it just helps to show that uh no matter how hard we tried that urge just there and it's gotta be. But uh the evening she went home, she never came back the we after we was in the AA and uh but anyway, this went on, then I uh, uh, decided that we'd better do this. We've been on this awful drum for over two weeks. And uh, I'd better tell this little episode uh, because a dear friend of mine is in the audience. And uh, I mm-hmm. belong to this club with her and some other ladies. And uh, they were all so sober and so decent. And I so want to impress them that I was. Now, if you'd ever know what I went through trying to keep it from them, that I drank. And, uh, uh, because I lived in the country, they all live in town. Well, they decided one morning to surprise me, and they all would drink covered dislikes like for the dinner time. But they thought it would be nice to go to the country and take breakfast and surprise me. And boy did I have a hand over that <laughs> But, uh, I, uh, she tells me that I kept it from them. But uh, I told them, that it was the first year we were in A, and I told them that, uh, oh, I bragged to them taught me about this uh, lovely banquet we were going to attend in Akron on the following Sunday. And I didn't tell them about was. And on Monday night, at the Mountain of 500 eggs drunk, thing for the Hotel Sadler's, and I thought I'd die. Uh, and I called Ann Smith, and I that was when she was drunk. I said, Ann, what do I do? What do I tell them? Tonight? I don't know. I guess you'll have to come clean and tell them the truth. But uh, they never knew that I was, uh, Pearl told me they never knew that I was like that, near as bad as I was. But I only saw them once a month, so I had a pretty good chance there. But uh, she's probably hearing things tonight that she never dreamed of that happened to me, that's for sure. <laughs> so finally, uh, as I say, it got worse and worse. You know. uh, we, uh, uh, I thought something's got to be done, and uh, we've been on this awful drunk. And uh, uh, I once before, I uh, had a hangover and I was down at the bar in another place. And this woman told me that her husband. Uh, could help us that uh, he belonged to something in action that he was a heavy drinker and he had joined this and they could help off the drinking. And uh, I thought right away what, that crazy thumb the other guy told me about, I don't want that. But we finally come to it that we reach a place that we've got to have help. And so I had to be honest, terrific drunk. Uh I got in the car and weeping all the way went down there and asked her if uh, her husband could talk to her. And uh, she said yes, send him over. So that night, Stagman Live, who many of you know, came and dropped two cans of beer, one of these dummies, about 10 o'clock at night. And that was, it'll be 22 years, the next 8th May. And uh, it's a wonder we didn't go into the That's all we had to drink. And, uh, Uh, He went in town to see Dr. Smith. The Dr. Smith was in Florida. And he came down here to the clinic, and one of the doctors at the clinic sent out some pills. But if you think you talk about suffering out, well, what I mean, uh, we suffered it out. Uh, Some of my sponsors, at first there were no women to come, and these men came out, and uh, they impressed me so greatly, their appearance. They were so clean and well-dressed. And it seemed so happy. They all had nice cars. I said to Dad one well, day, they, they probably, the neighbors say the old school must have one of them died the words hers, all these nice cars, you know. And they talked to us about a... Jack Millard you know, dropped a third-season post, Zach Alexander, that met our And, uh, uh they, they really, those men, really talked AA to us. And, uh, we were so delighted that there was some hope for us, because we had given up so few out there was no hope for us. I uh, said to these men, I will do anything in the world, if you can show me how to say this. And they said there are just very simple things to do, there are just things to do, and uh, they told us about going to the moon, I would get, uh, that I just want a drink, and uh, we also never and uh, I had no religious background. Uh, they told me to read the sermon on the mouth. Dr. Smith told me the first bucket and a half I saw rolling up, he'll get a sermon on the mouth. I have it with autographs because he got thought I'd never see the bucket and a half and gave it to me. I have that well, looked well-minded. But I really, oh my God, as I understand it in that garden, I, when I got so upset, I would take the hold. And go to that garden and work until I think I drop over but I would talk to him in my simple way as I talk to him now because that's the easiest way for me and uh, I also felt that I built I built up uh, spiritual strength to face what I had to say. we had a uh, uh, marvelous time. We accepted it in the first accord as we drank in the first accord. Uh, uh, we had very few corals. Uh, my husband would take his bottle and went on the damn and I'd take mine and go to bed and I'd always kill mine and he'd have a couple of shots and pass off. I'd go drink his and try to impress him with the fact he drank and he never impressed me. knew he didn't. So he'd say, well, mom, we'll just have to go and get another. And, uh, but we've this road and we were very fortunate uh, to have Doc and Annie. Uh, they started, they, I don't think they missed a week during the first week of our sobriety being at our house and spending an evening and maybe dropping by <laughs> and having a bite to eat with us. And at that time we were uh, very, as many of the old timers would uh, say, we were very close. Uh, if anyone was missing at the meeting, why we investigated to find out if they were in trouble or if they were ill or if they were drunk and things that happened. But they didn't let us know that people quit. It was a long time before we knew that people that it wasn't a hundred percent. But uh, after about three years of this well, well the first year we never missed the wednesday night at school. It was just a month and we loved it. And then my husband got sick, he had a heart condition, and that I told him to thank God. And uh, uh, that I thought uh, that I had made a complete surrender. Uh, I had tried off this hard too. I made such a lousyness of my life. That I felt that if I did make a complete surrender, that it would, it, it would be just wonderful, and it would have, but I haven't. Because once he told me that he couldn't live, I tried to bargain with this God that i found and tell him not to do that to me that I couldn't. But he let him live nearly a year longer than he had expected. And in that time, I never became completely resigned to losing him. But I came I did. I had time enough to pray enough and to know that God's will. Uh, I and I'm quite sure that I've never taken a drink. And um, I think that, faith in me, that he never wants to drink that time of said to me, Mother, you'll never drink a And he knew so well that did at a kind of of time that he wouldn't have said never anyway. But he had such an excellent faith in me, evidently, that he never thought I would. And I think if I were to take a drink before I could get it to my mouth, this basically coming for me, and I, I don't think I can take it. But uh, it's been a lonely uh, 18 years, but a good 18 years. My uh, husband was buried on Friday, and they told me there were a couple of women up in the same time a couple of alcoholic women, and uh, I knew I was a carry-on, I knew the only salvation that I could possibly have was to carry on with this program. And I went up to see those women and sat down beside of one of their beds. I went on for the afternoon and I wept, And I was so sorry because I thought I shouldn't have come. But that woman told me many times that that was the purest proof to her that this really worked. But think, I had buried my beloved on Friday and I was up there trying to help her on Sunday. So we never know how these things react some people that we try to help. Each individual case. takes, um, because every night I, when I was in field. I remember a meeting I was down there a long time ago, and they asked somebody in the audience what was my daily program, and I thought they meant when did die, eat, and sleep. <laughs> because I haven't had uh, a daily program like some people have, I suppose I shouldn't say that, but I pray and I feel a need of prayer. And uh, uh, i I always love going to meetings, and I do want to stress the importance of them. And above all, trying to help the other person. Because in, in doing that, it's bound to be it's <laughs> Uh I, as I say, I pray different than a lot of people, because I pray different out in that garden than I made. Uh many times when I'm driving and I don't so much now but I used to drive a lot. I my prayers were old fashioned hymns, mm-hmm. him that I think. And even now when I don't see very good, sometimes I think Jesus Saviour's silent me and I'm sure he's to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh uh my uh it's hard for me to talk to you folks about what my uh aid program has been because I don't suppose there's anyone in this world that has kept the AA program any simpler than I have? Uh, if it were complication anyway, I'm too dumb, I'd never doubt it. And one day uh, doctor and Sam were out And house, and Dr. Madison was helping me make coffee in the kitchen, and I was in the living room. And i never forgot this, either he said this. He up that thing he said that. You know, that's when he said, uh, you believe all of this and essentially a little child, don't you? He said, the spiritual power of it? And the program, the way it works, is that, why uh, like, it's just childishly and so refreshing. And I said to him, Man, yes, Dr. Bob, yes, uh if it was any other way, I probably never would have grasped it. And so I choose uh to try to keep your personal uh, program as simple as you possibly can, because it's so much easier that way. You know... Uh, I don't do this uh very often, uh, as most of you know. Uh this is thanksgiving. And I know that our hearts are filled with gratitude. Mine certainly is tonight as it is every day. But I will take this opportunity to cut my talk short in order to give everybody an opportunity not to praise me, please believe me, but to express their gratitude. For what God has done mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I think when I look out on a, uh, a audience, is large or small, uh, I think the biggest one I ever faced was there were 2,000 uh, at Toronto. And,
1: uh, you look
0: at those faces and uh, it's just hard to express what goes does you because mm-hmm. it's hidden on these, those happy faces, but it's how many people are touched by that one Christmas, the ride. And so on this day that I've talked about and I've tried to try and to, I want the ride to feel free. If they want to say what they're grateful for or that they are grateful, uh, I want them too, uh, to, have a part in there. I know you have to have these pictures right here. Somebody will ask me anyhow and I hate it. But, uh, uh, and this was an expatriate and about two weeks ago, I think it was. There was a young man laying here and it was a screech because he didn't know I was in the house. <laughs> and he talked about that one that, uh, uh, set the turkey was <laughs> in. And I couldn't back there, but he didn't know. And, uh, uh, this turkey business uh, uh, I, I told Mike Montgomery that once in confidence, my family, so the down, and I believe in So not ashamed say it. He just broadcasted it. he got. <laughs> but uh, uh, I went in, the children didn't have a entire, and I went in and got my daughter and her husband and the little girl for Christmas. And they helped trim the trees. And then uh, we had a lot of booze, of course, for Christmas over the Christmas. And uh, uh, my son-in-law and I got in an argument. He called some people come to come and get it and get them. And of course, I was broken target because I wanted my grandpa out of there for Christmas. So I took the tree and all the trimmings and picked it down the basement of the bed. And then I had the turkey all uh, stuffed and ready to roast. And uh, you know, I never some people about five days. And when I did, I found a carpet for the turkey under the head of my bed. And I had, I had evidently vexed and clogged all the stuff of it. I had grease in my hair, my ears, all over the mess, and uh, I want to tell you that that was a mess. And just as sure as I don't, and up uh, one of the boys remarked about when I came in about, not uh, I just the fall story. Uh, one night, uh, oh, I got a lot of them. I was just, uh, pick a duck uh, and, and uh, try everything in the world with it and drinking a couple of quartz while I was picking my darn duck and then I got the idea to smear butter over it and just brown the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow somebody kept asking about the the uh file. Well uh, you know, I mean tell about the time the my house, my was dinner, and, uh, I got the chickens in the house I said there was picking dinner, and I got the awful drunk and I had to have a drink and I left and I Russia said. I got three big white chickens that brought them in the house. Well, oh, I said, I just wanted to know that my intentions were good. <laughs> <laughs> I got those chickens in the house. Never come back till night, and it took me a week to clean that, that up. <laughs> she said that when they came, one chicken was roosted on the foot of the bed, and one <laughs> <was> in a big <long> lounge <laughs> chair. So they kept calling about me telling about these stories, and I said, no foul stories tonight. And after that, I heard some women giggling. <laughs> 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 so that's all the foul story I'm gonna tell you. I think that's that's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs>